hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through his word and through his presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful to have you here. Today, I am going to just share a few ideas for doing a character study. The Bible tells us that such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we patiently wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. That is Romans 15, 4. And the Bible is truly full of so many inspiring characters And sometimes when we read the Bible, it can be boring. But I have discovered that studying some of the players in the Bible, in the history of the Word of God, definitely has opened it up for me, made it exciting, brought it to life. And I've just been very personally encouraged and found a lot of insight as I've studied the life of Bible characters So many times I've thought, oh yes, I know their story. I was in Sunday school every week growing up. But as I've dug into the scriptures, it's really been so moving to find things that I didn't know or things that I'd long forgotten, little lines and little details and little phrases and stories that are keys to understanding these people and keys to understanding their lives. Nobody's story is simple. And with Bible characters, we truly find that to be the case. We only get to read a little bit about their lives. Some of them are only in there for a few verses. Some of them are in there for a few chapters. You have some like David, who there's 50 plus chapters about his life. It sort of runs the gamut. But when we read, we find that through what is shared, we can learn the kind of people that God uses. We can find out how to deal with hardships, how to deal with setbacks. And more, we can figure out what gains the attention of God, what's attractive to God. How do I build a relationship with God? What angers him? And so, so, so many other things. How did God respond and interact to the people on the pages of his word? And so in order to do a character study, I'm just going to give you a few, again, simple ideas, things that I've done that have worked for me. First of all, you have to pick a character. I have personally studied, and I want to qualify this. These are studies I've done where I've done in-depth, a long time studying the same person or read a book in conjunction with it. I've written about many more people than this, but these are those that I could say I truly have done an in-depth study of their life. Jesus, I spent an entire year in the Gospels just analyzing his three-and-a-half-year ministry and learning from those books. Um, Ruth, I did a pretty extensive study on her life. I believe I was in the four chapters in the little book of Ruth for about a month. I did a study on Esther, and I read a book on Esther during that time that was very fascinating. 
I've studied David, Abraham, Joseph, Hezekiah. And it has been so fascinating, again, just to dig into those lives. Um, there's a few studies that I want to do coming up in the future. I want to do a study on the three Marys in the Gospels, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary of Bethany, and Mary Magdalene. It's just so interesting, their key roles in the life and the ministry of Jesus. I've wanted to do an in-depth study of all the people who are listed in the Bible one time, or there's one brief story about them. Probably couldn't be too in-depth, but just kind of piece together all those stories of kind of the unknown or not high-profile characters of the Bible. I've been wanting to do a full study on Peter. I've never done that. And also, I really have been thinking about doing a study on all the people that Paul thanked in his letters. Paul was such a larger-than-life character. We have so many letters written by him. But who were the people that impacted him, that he put their name down in ink at the end of his letters to thank them. I just think that would be such a fascinating study. There's obviously so many people in the Bible that you could study. You could study Moses. You could study Paul. You could study Deborah. You could study Jacob. You could study John the Beloved. The list could go on and on. Anybody you pick, I'm sure there would be incredible things to learn from their life and from their story and from the things that God chose to memorialize about them on the pages of scripture. When you pick a character, you're going to just want to start by reading everything in the Bible about that character. Sometimes, again, there's going to be a lot in the Bible about them, and sometimes there's not going to be that much. Um, In order to find every mention of their name, if you pull up the Blue Letter Bible app, there's a search feature down on the bottom bar. It's a little magnifying glass. Select that and then type their name into the search bar and it will bring up all the scriptures that have their name. Now, again, there's going to be some characters where more than one person has that particular name. You'd have to weed through those. But as you're reading those scriptures about that character, just ask questions about them. Why did their life please God? Why did their life displease God? How was their faith expressed? How did they live their life day to day? What was the culture around them like? Obviously, there's some characters you're going to study. It's before the time of the Mosaic Law. There's other characters that you might study that it's during the time of the kings in Israel. There's other characters, for example, Daniel or Esther. It's during the time of exile when the nation of Israel or the nation of Judah are in Babylon or Assyria. You might study Nehemiah, and that's when all those exiles were gone back to Jerusalem to rebuild what had been destroyed previously. So again, what was the culture around them like? That's very important as you study their, or study their lives. You can ask what challenges and what adversities did they overcome to serve God and have a relationship with God. So just, again, be inquisitive of the text. Put yourself into their story. And this really ties into something else that I'm so passionate about, which is slow down with the Word of God. Read these stories as more than black and white words. You have to, again, not read between the lines and make stuff up, but sometimes it can be three or four or five or six little words in a sentence 
that sums up years of a person's life. And remember that while we know these as heroes of the Bible, these were just ordinary people living ordinary lives. Gideon did not see himself as a mighty man of valor. Abraham and Sarah did not know that people thousands of years down the road were going to be reading their stories. So many people, again, were just ordinary people, and one or two little sentences can hold a whole, whole lot. So again, just remember to put yourself into their story, slow down with the word, and then just research in other ways. Sometimes I'll Google. I don't take everything I read online as gospel truth, but I might just read a few articles for some background information. There are a lot of good resources online that are proven and Again, if you read multiple articles on a topic, um, you can sort of get a composite, whether that's to the culture they were in or whether that's to customs of their day. There is another really valuable tool. It's called Haley's Bible Handbook. And you can just, again, look up a lot of different things related to Bible times and to Bible life. There's also a study Bible called the Archaeological Study Bible. So, for example, when I read about Esther... I did quite a bit of reading in the Archaeological Study Bible because they have a lot of things that just shined the light, shined light onto her culture, to what it would have been like to live where she was living, and it was very, very helpful. So again, pretty straightforward, but those are just a few ideas as you dig into the people of the Bible. I'd like to recommend two things today. First of all, um, the entry that I'm going to read today is about David, and several years ago, maybe five years ago, our pastor taught a series on the life of David. It is seven parts, but it is so fantastic, and you would really learn a lot about his life listening to that series. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And then secondly, there is a series of books written by Chuck Swindoll called Great Lives from the Bible. And I read his book on Esther when I studied Esther, and it was very, very interesting and definitely very insightful. So I would recommend uh, that series. I have not read all the books. I believe there's nine in total, but those are good resources for you. I know I probably talk a lot about David. He is just probably my favorite character of the Bible, and I've written many things about him over the years. I've written about how it talks about how David went in and sat before the Lord, about how worship was such a defining characteristic of his life, about thus be the prayers of David ended, about how the Psalms were only possible because of experiences he walked through, and I could just list a lot of different things that I've written about, about him over the years. But the little thought I'm going to share today is about how he was a servant of the Lord. And it has probably, out of all the things that I've written over the years about David and studying his life, been the most personally impacting. And so today, I would like to share an unedited entry, David, the servant of the Lord. On Thursday morning, I had overslept and only had a short time to sit. I read Psalm 19, not expecting any grand revelation, but God knocked my socks off. As I read, verse 11, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and the phrase, thy servant, popped out at me. I looked up the phrase, and if I counted correctly, 
David uses the phrase 25 times in the Psalms alone. There are many other times throughout 1st and 2nd Samuel where David uses the phrase, thy servant. In his pre-king days, in talking to Saul, he referenced himself as thy servant. To his dearest friend Jonathan, he humbles himself as thy servant. To the enemy king Achish, whom he ran away to for asylum, he refers to himself as thy servant. In prayer, he refers to God as thy servant. Over and over, David refers to himself, to God, and to others as thy servant. When he is spared from taking Nabal's life, when he repented for numbering the people, David never forgot to take the lowly role. David never forgot that he was a servant. Whether walking in calling or preparing for calling, he remembered his first role was servant. What's interesting is that others referred to him as thy servant. D Solomon, David's son, refers to him as David, thy servant. In 1 Kings 8:66, the people recognized all the goodness that the Lord had done for David, his servant, even though David is no longer living. Psalm 18 and Psalm 36 both open by saying a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. In the most beautiful recognition of David's life, God himself refers to David as David, my servant. In 2 Samuel 3.18, God says, By the hand of my servant David, and in two other places, it says, Thou shalt say unto my servant David. In Luke 1.69, Zacharias references the house of his servant David. God speaks to Nathan the prophet, Now therefore shalt thou speak to my servant David. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people Israel. Thousands of years after David's life, the Apostle Paul quotes God, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, who will do all my will. A servant does the will of another. In stark contrast, never once does Saul use the words, thy servant. Saul was larger than life, even in his own eyes. When his kingship is rejected by God, Samuel refers to earlier times, when you were little in your own sight. Saul, you were made to be king when you were little, but now you have exalted yourself above the command of God, the man of God, and the word of God. Saul, if he ever was one, did not remain a servant. Such an incredible contrast in these mindsets and the legacy of two subsequent kings. This reminds me of the words of Jesus, Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. But he that is great among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. In Matthew 24 and in Luke 12, it says, Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he shall come, shall find so doing. And in John 12, 26, we read, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Truly servanthood is the way of the kingdom. The words we live for prove this point. We as Christians 
long to one day hear the king say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not good and faithful pastor, evangelist, mother, father, secretary, firefighter, author, missionary, speaker, TV anchor, shipbuilder. Nope, just good and faithful servant. Wherever God takes us, whatever title is on our door, the primary goal is to be a servant and to hear those words. We never outgrow serving. It is our highest goal and greatest reward. I am reminded of one final thing. In the final chapter of Revelation, when a picture of heaven and the restoration of all things is painted, we read this verse, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their forehead, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. In heaven, we're still serving, just like David, simultaneously reigning and serving. The service of the king is our highest joy and chief aim, then and now. Let my posture, my attitude, and my behavior reflect that role. Thy servant, his servants, shall serve him. Revelation 22, verse 3. No matter where our life finds us, there are those around us that God has called us to serve. And no matter where God takes us, to what heights or what depths, we must remember that we're living for the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So today I just wanted to encourage you to find a character in the Bible that you can identify with. Find yourself in the pages of scripture. Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself into the stories. This is going to really help bring the Bible to life. I would love to hear who you decide to study and what you discover in that process. Thank you again so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your Bible, your journal. I'd love to hear about the power of this habit in your life. This is Unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.